Thank you, Jesus. Some good thoughts there, amen? Some good thoughts to ponder. It's good. I just wanted to um, take this time today to share a couple of things, and um, I have to watch the time today, don't we? Don't normally watch the time too much, but that's all right. There's plenty of room for people to come. <laughs> um, I want to speak a little bit just for just for a few minutes this morning um, about, I guess, some of the things, some of the overarching things that God has been, you know, speaking to me about and and showing me and all this kind of stuff over this time. And um, so, yeah, so I want to talk about, I guess, that the uh, theme. If you want to put theme, um, it's time for new beginnings. I remember at the start that what I said at the start was it's not the end of something, it's the beginning of something new. When there's a big, when there's a big gap in something, depending which perspective you're looking at it, it's not the end of something, it's the beginning of something new. Amen? It's a time to relaunch. One of the, one of the words that the Lord has been speaking about is the word relaunch. Relaunch. I remember uh, Josh was sharing with me, he had a picture of a rocket. And as the rocket was going up, it couldn't, it had to let go of stuff to be able to get to the next stage. And so it's a time to relaunch. It's a time to let go of some stuff to be able to get to the next stage. Amen? Because I think that we're here because somewhere inside of us, we believe the what if. Somewhere inside of us, we believe that there's more. Somewhere inside of us, we believe that God can transform a city. Isn't that why we're here? We're not just here for the sake of being here, but we actually believe that there's actually more. And I don't know about you, but um, the pause time, the reset time has actually been a good time. It's been an interesting time in various ways. But for, for me personally, and I've opened myself up a little bit today, there's some stuff that uh, there's some stuff that um, I've had to let go. There's some stuff that God has been saying that needs to shift. There's a lot of stuff, so I, I can't touch on that all today because we don't have enough time. But there's some things that I want to talk to you about today. We believe, you know, that we are in a time because Jesus is coming back. Amen. We're not just living life and you know it's whatever. Jesus is returning. As surely as he went, he is coming again. Amen. And who knows, you know, I don't know, I remember when I was a little boy, when I was like six or seven, I remember walking around just having this thought, Jesus is going to come in my lifetime. I don't know, no one knows the day or the hour, but the key is that we should live our life as if he is. We should live our life as if he's coming in our lifetime. That's the way we should live. So in the midst of that, the Word of God says that He is restoring all things, that the bride is making herself ready, that the, bride, that the bride is being prepared, amen? And if you look around at the bride, man, that we've, there's, there's some things that have to shift. There's some things that have to happen. There's some things that have to change. The bride has to be made ready and the harvest has to be brought in, amen? The key to this, the foundation of this, is that first love with Jesus. We have to keep coming back to first love. 
Because when you get married, if you've been married before, if you are married still, when, when I married Bonnie, she's, she's coming to the 11 o'clock one, so you, you'll see her on the... Yep. Anyway, she was like the apple of my eye. You know, I couldn't stop thinking about her. And I couldn't wait for the day that we were married as husband and wife. And you go through that honeymoon period, yep. But then what happens if you don't keep tending the flame? What happens? Life gets in the way. Kids can get in the way. Or not in the way, you know what I mean. I don't mean they're in the way. Yeah, they take time, they take energy, they take your energy so that when at the end of the day, when you want time as husband or wife, it's like, <laughs> it's true, you know, and stuff happens and you get work and you get kids and you get life and you struggle to find a night to be able to go out for dinner and as the kids grow up, all of a sudden you're running them around to soccer and you're running them to different places and it's like, where's the, it's really easy to just get on the treadmill of life and all of a sudden your marriage can be in a distant shadow of what it was. Praise God, mine, mine isn't. She's still the apple of my eye, she is still my beautiful one. But that's how it can be with Jesus. You can have that encounter with Jesus. You, just, you can have that contact with Jesus. You can have that first love experience. You know, if you're a sinner of sinner, you can, you can see that God delivered you from, you know, from what he delivered you from. And you're in that place where you, where you love him and you just want to get into his word and you want to fellowship. You want to tell people about what Jesus has done and you want to spend time. But if we don't tend the flame, life gets busy. Family gets busy. Other things get busy. And before you know it, you can go, whoa, I didn't realise I was so far away. I remember once I was asked to, um, to do a worship weekend in a church in Townsville. So I went to Townsville and did a worship weekend. And you've got to understand this. It was a really simple thing for me. It wasn't, I mean, I was just like, man, I really don't know what I'm going to share, but this is what I'm going to share. We just started worshipping. We just started playing. And there's this one lady that came running in the front. She was tears in her eyes. And she was just, and I spoke to her afterwards. And she said, I didn't realize how far away I'd fallen from my first love. Just in the midst of a song. So the foundation is first love. Amen. It's coming back to that place. You know, and it's evident that we need it. It's evident that we need it in the church today. It's evident when you look at Facebook and you look at the stuff that happens on Facebook and what Christians put on Facebook and the way that they talk about others and treat others behind their back and stuff, it's evident that we need to return to Jesus. It's evident that we need love because we can only love one another if we have his love impacting our hearts and our lives. Otherwise, we can easily become, if we get frazzled, what happens when you get weary and tired? Does anyone get irritable? Anybody? Does anyone get frustrated easy? Anybody? You know, it's really easy, isn't it? Snap! You know, it's like, whoa, hang on a minute. So it's easy to be critical and judgmental, uh, ju judgmental and all that stuff. And it goes, whoa, where's Jesus? Where is Jesus in this? Amen? So the foundation of it is Jesus. And the overflow of that, which is something that God is clear, is so profoundly been speaking to me about is, is to walk in humility and honour. 
That's the way Jesus walked. He humbled himself and became a man. He left his throne of glory and he humbled himself to become a man. That's what it says in Philippians 2. Yep. He not only humbled himself from the place of being God to becoming a man in that context, but he also humbled himself to serve. He said, I have not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. The focus was never on Jesus. When, when people had come to Jesus and they would start, you know, it's like, I seek not my glory, but the glory belongs to the Father. It was never about him. He humbled himself and he honoured. He honoured. Think about the woman at the well and how he honoured her. That is, you know, respected her and, and showed her that, that she had value to God in spite of where she was living and what was happening in her life right now. She had value to God. And Jesus demonstrated that. Amen? In Proverbs 15, it says this. It's a verse that I've been just sitting on and keep sitting on. And it says in, in Proverbs 15, 33, The fear of the Lord is what uh, wisdom teaches. And humility comes before honour. So there's a, there's a humility comes before honour. Now we know that in terms of in Scripture, it says, in Peter, it says, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and in due time He will lift you up. And it talks about young men. It says, you know, listen to the older people. Listen to the wisdom of stuff. You know, humble yourself in that context. And in due time, God will lift you up to the place of ministry or purpose that He has for you. Amen? So it talks about that. It's talking about it in that context. But there's another side to this, is we cannot honour others if we do not walk in humility. We cannot show other people respect and value and love if we're not walking in humility. That's been one of my wake-up calls. And I think, well, as a core team, we've been speaking a lot about that, hey. The value, the value that you have to God the value that God has deposited in you because He has given you of Himself. He's given you His Spirit, the value that He's put in you. It's something that we've all got to walk in. One of the verses of Scripture that, that um, has been going around and around in circles for me for the last few weeks is, is from Song of Songs or Song of Solomon. Amen. Is there an amen to Song of Songs? Come on, Song of Solomon, yeah. Proverbs 2, chapter 15, uh, Proverbs, um, sorry, Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 15 says, Catch the foxes, catch the little foxes that ruin the vineyards of love, for our vineyards are blossoming. And you might go, well, that's really good, Tim. That's a great verse, but what on earth does that mean? You know, catch the little foxes that ruin the vineyards of love, for the grapevines are blossoming. We are the vineyards of love because we are the bride of Christ. And we are to come together as the bride, not just we, the church in Bundaberg, as the bride of Christ. And the little foxes are things that try and, you know, destroy and ruin and tear down 
It's someone speaking about something behind their back. It's someone that's, you know, moving in something, you know, bringing judgment and division, criticism, all this kind of stuff. The little foxes that seek to ruin the love relationship, the love relationship that we not only have with God, but the love relationship that we have with one another because of what Christ has done in our life. Amen? So that's, that's all our role. That's not just someone's role. That's like, no, catch that little fox. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's, it's against principalities and powers. And it's really easy to come under stuff that's in the city sometimes and move in the spirits that are over this place rather than moving in the Holy Spirit. Rather than, you know, the kingdom manifesting, it's easy to, to move in the things of the world. Amen? And then you get a realisation, you go, man, why am I so critical? Why am I so judgmental? Why am I so this? Why am I so that? Whoa, I catch that little fox. Hang on a minute, I've had enough of that. Humility comes before honour. You know, it says in um, Ephesians 4, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 3, it says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. That's, a, that's an effort. It's not just going to happen. You're not just going, like, yeah, 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 but it's make every effort. You know what? Sometimes in a relationship, you've got to make an effort. Sometimes in your marriage, you've got to make an effort. Sometimes with your best friend, you've got to make an effort. Is that not true? Yeah. So some of the things that God has been speaking to me about, I just want to throw a couple of little things out there today and we'll discuss these and move through these over time. One of the things is about creating space and simplifying. Creating space. Creating space. Even when we gather in this format, creating space. Because you know what? I don't know about you, but maybe that song that we just sang, sang before, you know, here again. You know, we give space for the Holy Spirit to minister to people. You know, one encounter with God can change your situation. One encounter with God can change your life. One encounter with God can change that. Amen. And as the people of God, as we leave behind the stuff, as we enter into the doors in a sense, and we leave behind the stuff and we press into God, we need to be expectant that God wants to speak and move and heal and transform and, and whatever else happens as we gather. Amen? Amen. This is a life-giving gathering and it's really easy. And I put my hand up because sometimes in the busyness of stuff or whatever, it just happens. But it's time the treadmill button has been pressed. We are off the treadmill. We are just, we're off the mechanism and we're saying, God, we need you more. The, the words that, I don't know whether you read that little thing I put out on the email the other day about preparing the way. I just sent it out, when did I send it? Thursday, Friday, I'm not sure. But the Lord was reminding me, and I went through all the words that Katie Barker had said, and I went through the, the word that Neil gave, which was a very, very poignant word. You know, and I look at that stuff, and then I look at everything that's happened since then. And it's just like the fires have gone through, and the stuff has happened, and you go, whoa, where, where is everything? But God says, out of that place, green shoots will come. He says, a new fruit will come. He says, a new harvest will come. He said, my glory will come. There will be transformation, but the transformation out there happens as we are transformed in here. And sometimes things have to be stripped away to come back to the heart of worship where it's about Jesus. And it's about coming back into alignment with his plans and his purposes. So we create space, Amen. We create space for people to encounter God. We create space for one another. 
We want to see the gifts of the Spirit flowing more. We want to see people stepping into ministries. We want to see people feel like, you know what, man, I am so um, supported and empowered. This is what God has placed on my heart in for this city, or this region, or, or here, or whatever it is. And, you know, we want to see that. So we need to create space. Because we're all ministers. We're all graced. We're all gifted. Amen? So we have to shift. One of the things that I'm convinced about is we have to shift our mindset about a lot of things. But one of the things we have to shift our mindset of, the fact is, that it's an us mentality. It's us. This is not, this is not Tim's ministry. This is not the core team's ministry. This is not, we don't come to church. This is not a church. We are the church. And when we were gathering in homes, of, uh, gathering the homes with 10 people or 20 people or 12 people, or whatever, it was the church. I, I, I missed seeing some of you face to face, but the reality was that we were the church. We have to shift our mindset. We have to shift our mindset. One of the things that has to shift, and, and I know because God's been speaking about it, is we have to take ownership. We have to take, you have to take ownership. We have to take ownership of stuff together. You know, it's really easy to say, oh, I'll just leave that for him because he does that thing. Or I'll just leave that. Or, you know, I really won't do anything because, like, that's what they do. No, 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 no. You know, God is speaking to us and he wants us to take ownership. Everyone here has a heart for something. Everyone here has gifts. Everyone here has something. We take ownership of it. You know, it's, it's the difference between living in a rented house and living in your own home. We live in a rented house, and so we just kind of live there, and we make it as homely as we can. But you know what? If I wanted to put my picture of a family up there on that wall, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't paint. Like, my favorite, one of my favorite colors is, like, aqua. If I wanted to paint a wall aqua, couldn't do it because it's not ours. But the moment we step into our own home, it's like I take ownership. I've always wanted to see the aqua wall. There it is. I've got an aqua wall. I've always wanted to see family pictures put up in a certain way. There it is. There's our family pictures put up in a certain way. That is the church, people. That is the church. Oh, yes, Karen. We've all got something to contribute. We've all got something to give, and there should be, there should be something of you in us, because it's not an org organization. It's a living organism. It's the body of Christ. And there should be something of all of us in our gathering. There should be something of all of us, you know? So we have to change our mindset. We have to change some stuff. And I guess, guess what? Changing mindsets takes just a little bit of time. So we're going to have to tap each other on the shoulder a little time, from time to time and go, hey, remember, it just happens that way, doesn't it? So creating space. Oh, crikey. I'm going to run out of time. I, I, I knew this was going to happen. I might have to have part B next week before I... Anyway. In Luke, in, Luke, in Luke chapter 15, this is the verse the Lord gave me. Luke chapter 15, about the prodigal uh, son. You know? But not focusing on the prodigal one, the one that went off and squandered all his father's wealth and came back and, you know, there was restoration. But, but the other son who stayed in the father's house. But he didn't have the right mindset. He hadn't had the revelation 
Because when his brother came back, what did he do? He got angry. Oh, what? He's gone away and squandered everything, Father. And you come home and you give him a party and you give him the best of everything. Have I, ha, have I not been faithful? Have I not served you? Have I not? Have I not? Have I not? Have I not? My son. In verse 31 of chapter 15, my son. Oh. Oh, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. That is a mindset shift. Are we living trying to attain something? Or are we living out of first love in the heart of the bosom of the Father? with the revelation that we are always with him and everything he has is ours. There's ownership. And so I think that's part of the what if. We realise the ownership that we have because we are part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. The world around us has been shaken. And I don't think it's finished yet. I think there's some financial things that may be on the way. I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. But we belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We do not operate as the world does. We don't operate under the spirit of fear. We uh, do not operate with control and manipulation. We do not operate with any other things. We belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And I don't know about you, but my word, the Bible says that my God is more than enough. And he is a good God. And, you know, if he uh, can provide daily food for Elijah when he's, you know, in that place, we don't have to fear about financial stuff. We don't have to fear about this stuff because, you know, our God can do anything. Yeah, I'm going to run out of time. probably good to have the, the last few points back together maybe next week when everyone we're all back together as one maybe but I guess the reality is this is there going to be there's going to be some changes and uh, I'm accountable for that because I've already stated that but we want to move which is the heart it's just sometimes the stuff gets in the way and you just have to declutter to get back into a true five-fold ministry functioning thing where different parts and different gifts are speaking into the life of the body as a whole because you know what? We all need to grow up in maturity, don't we? And it only happens if through team ministry. It only happens with multiple people ministering to one another. That's what helps us mature. You know, but it's, but it's, but it, but it's not so that we can just have a great meeting because God is wanting to see Bundaberg transformed. And he's looking for people who are available and who are willing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever day it is, whatever time it is. We have to, one of the things that I will close with this, music team, do you want to come and or do, your, do your thing, whatever. I will close with this, as, this, this morning, that there was, um, there's a lady sitting outside. You can tell her she'd come in. 
She probably didn't realise it was um, 9 and 11. She can stay for the 11 o'clock one. That's all good. Um, what was I saying? The thing... Um, oh, man, I lost my thought now. I saw that. What was I saying? Oh, I know what it is. We have to get back to the full gospel. We have to get back to the full gospel. Not the watered-down version that the Western church has taken on board. Where, you know, we receive what you know, Christ has done for us in terms of eternal life. But we just live our life and we enjoy life as much as we can. And then, you know, the day that we pass from this earth, we go to glory. You know, we actually have to get past that. We need the whole gospel. The one that says, you know what? I recognise what Jesus has done for me and my right response, my act of worship is to lay down my life for him. And I don't know what that's going to look like in two years' time. I don't know what that's going to look like in five years' time. I don't know. But today is today and I, don't, and I know that today I'm going to live for Jesus. And if I feel prompted by the Spirit, like if I see someone over there that needs help, I need to help them. If I see someone that needs prayer, I'm going to pray with them. If I need someone that needs some groceries... I'm going to go and get it for them. Whatever it looks like. We are the bride of Christ. We are also the body of Christ. We are his hands and his feet and his mouthpiece and every part. We have to get back to a place of living out the full gospel. Amen. So let's worship. It's like um, cup of tea's down the back. Everything's disposable, so you pick it up yourself, put it in the bin. There's a few little things that we have to do. Yeah, oh, and, Steve, and Steve is asking if you can kind of wander down that way because he just needs to wipe the chairs down before the next people sit on them. You can share, of course you can. Hey, um, when Josh was asking, is God enough? I was praying about that because I feel sometimes he isn't and I realise I can hold myself back from letting God be enough because I am not enough or I feel that I am not enough. And then as we took communion, I was just looking at it and it hit me, that's proof that I am enough. Do you know what I mean? Like um, Hebrews 12, 2 says that for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, scorning its shame. We are that joy. I am that joy. So how can I say I'm not enough? It's clear there. And every time we take communion, we are enough. Amen. If you need prayer today for anything, we, you can pray for one another. <laughs> you can pray for the person sitting right next to you. Or if you need some people to gather around you for something, then we'll gather around. Amen. But yeah, apart from that, if we can move that back that way, Steve can then wipe that down. He bought a new thing. It doesn't smell, so it's totally odourless. So it's like, there's no, there's no odour. Hang on, you're meant to be the aroma of Christ. What are you doing? Okay. So let's, let's worship. You got everything and nothing less, haven't you? Yeah, that's perfect. That'll do. Oh. As we worship, you know, I just want to, for, for myself, because it's who I am, you know, I want to apologise where I've gotten in the way. 
<laughs> where I've taken on too much, where I've done all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, we're excited about the new season and the new beginnings and the new opportunities in God. Amen? Yeah. So let's worship Jesus. Come on.
Lord, today, individually and collectively. Lord, we lay anything down from the previous that needs to be laid down. That we would take up the new. That we would take up what you have. Lord, we, Lord, we want what's on your heart. Lord, we want the what if. We don't want to just hear a prophetic word. We want to see it. We want to see you glorified, Jesus. We want to see you exalted. We want to see the broken restored. We want to see those that are addicted set free. We want to see the chains broken. We want to see families come back together, God. We want to see, God, your kingdom come and your will be done, Lord, in this place as it is in heaven. But, Lord, it begins in us. It begins in our hearts. It begins in our lives, God, that you would continue to transform us, that you would have your way in us, Lord, individually and collectively, God. We want what's on your heart, God. We want to see your plans and your purposes, Lord, unfold for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We thank you that you are so patient and kind and loving. That you are the God of restoration. Redemption, renewing. We thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So pray for one another, encourage one another. If, you, if anyone wants prayer, there's a group of people or people will pray for you. Gather around. Say hello to the other people that are coming in. 